I'm Becky Gannon and I'm mad about manicures. Today, we are going to talk to Tamar Cohen, whose organic and whimsical designs captured my imagination and admiration when I first saw them on Instagram. She's on Instagram at Miniatureit. Let's go talk to Tamar. Hello, Tamar. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Becky. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited to talk to you. I love your miniature designs. They're so unique and organic. Oh, thanks. So tell me, you have not actually been doing miniatures that long. Is that correct? Yeah, it is almost three years now. Wow. Yeah, it started in 2021. The amount of skill and the amount of things you've done since then are amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, I kind of started big. You started big, yes. How did you get started? During the pandemic and the lockdown, I decided to build a, a dollhouse for my daughter. She was three years old back then. After doing that, I, I took a break. I didn't really make miniatures and I just mostly built furniture. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of ran out of space. And my sister just sent me a kit to assemble. She didn't know it was a kit. She, she thought she was buying me like a miniature. Oh, okay. And then uh, since I had nothing better to do, I decided to give it a shot and I built it and I kind of fell in love. Uh, so I just started making my own room boxes, miniatures. That's amazing. One thing I noticed during the pandemic is, you know, I didn't have all the errands, all the day-to-day obligations. Well, I, I had a lot to do because at first my daughter was uh, at home with us, which was a big challenge. But once she got back to daycare and I had no job, I was like, whoa, how do I keep my marriage? <laughs> what am I going to do? Because my husband, he works from home. I was like, well, I better do something. <laughs> that's funny because um, that's a little bit how I started, too. I <laughs> had this business and it was focused on live events kind of went away overnight and I thought I have to do something or I'm going to drive my husband crazy at home (laughs) oh yeah that's exactly it I always wanted to be an artist but I was always afraid that I, I won't be able to make a living out of it so I was like okay being an artist is nice but I need to pay my bills I need to buy groceries you know so I gave up on that and kind of focused on the things I could do that would actually pay me back. (laughs) Right, right. And you've had, let's see, you've been um, a belly dancer, right? A gymnast? Oh, man. Well, we're not going to end that conversation anytime soon if I'm going to start talking about all the things I did. So I, I did so many things. Okay, you did a lot of things. And you said, so really you started studying art in high school, though. And that's when you learned a lot of your skills? Yeah, I I did learn a lot about painting, uh, photography, all the stuff that I I am using it now for uh, for miniatures, for, you know, taking photos of my work and all that. And when um, I was 20, I studied uh, silversmith. I did that for a while. I liked it. It was kind of like making miniatures, right? It, it's basically the same, but doing it with silver. Mm-hmm. Not the architecture like I do now. It's just the miniatures. Right. <laughs> and I loved it. And I did that for like a couple of years. But 
again, it was hard to make a living out of it. And I just gave, gave up on it at some point and actually neglected art uh, for uh, more than a decade. Take it. I mean, like for 10 years at least until I started making miniatures. Wow. And I mean, does it feel good to be doing art again? So good. The best. It is. It, it just feeds something inside of you. Now, you said you worked for a silversmith. Do you still use some of those tools in your miniatures? Yeah, I do use um, many of them. Wow, yes, many of them. Basically, everything I can use, I use. Like the, the saw that I'm using, the pliers. Well, let's talk for a minute about your style. So your style is very organic, very Art Nouveau, lots of flowing <laughs> lines, lots of whimsy. Yeah. And you obviously love architecture. Very much. Because most of your miniatures are sort of, a lot of them are doors or outside of houses or are exteriors. So when did you fall in love with architecture? Well, I've, I've always loved it. And I always traveled to Europe to get some of that, to see, you know, to London, to Paris, Spain, basically anywhere I could. And just walking around the streets is fascinating because I, I enjoy that. I enjoy looking at doors, at, at windows and basically balconies, you name it, right? I just enjoy that very much. And here in Montreal, I can leave that. I don't need to travel to get that because I have it all here. And the architecture here is incredible. I really like it. It is beautiful. And it, it inspires me a lot. What would you consider your style to be? Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> I cannot really define that because I love so many different things, right? I like Gothic uh, style castles, churches, and I love the European style and I love the Art Nouveau. And, and that's what's great about miniature. You don't have to limit yourself. You can make them all, right? <laughs> right. As long as, you know what, as long as I can make it, then I'll make it. If it if it's too complicated, I'm just like, yeah, I love it, but I cannot do it. So it's like plants. I love them, but I don't know how to work with with polymer clay. And I admire people who can and create those magical miniature plants. I wish I could. I just like I don't have the patience to that. You know. Oh, that's interesting because I I would imagine it takes quite a bit of patience to do it. You. Do. Now, Art Nouveau is one way you've described it. And just for people listening, that's a style of architecture which sort of follows flowing lines, you know, has a lot of nature in it. And I definitely True. see that yeah. in your work. But I'm going to Spain soon, and I was looking at some of the Ooh. architecture of Antonio Gaudi. Yeah, wow. And some of your work reminds me of that. That's a great compliment, and I hear that a lot, and I'm very grateful for that because he is an inspiration. When I was in high school, I I studied um, art, as, I, as you mentioned, and yeah, we talked about his work a lot. I was fascinated, and yes, I have a lot of it in my work. It's true, and you know, unfortunately, I wasn't really that familiar with them, and it's like looking... Into oh. fantasy. When I started looking at Spain, I was like, these buildings are uh, fantastic. Yeah. Why didn't I know more about this? Yeah. And your work came to mind. I was like, oh, I bet she loves this architect. 
<laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It's like he took Art Nouveau and kind of uh, uh, make it a bit more simple because it's super complicated if you look back at that uh, time period and making a miniature that inspired inspired by that is very hard. It's very complicated. And I kind of wanted to do that, but in a simpler way. So I guess Gaudi is is that. You know, the the one thing I've noticed with all your organic shapes and I'm thinking of your maybe you can tell us a little bit about your your white house with all the oval windows. Yeah, the organic house. That's the one I worked on the longest. It, it took a few months to to build. When I started, I didn't I did not expect it's going to take that long. <laughs> but I really wanted to make it exactly how I had it in mind. So I I did not compromise much. I had to build all the furniture to fit the curves of the house. And I had to learn how to cut the glass because the, the windows are made out of glass. Because I wanted it to feel real, right? I, I, I wanted the windows to really look like windows. <laughs> and I had to cover the whole house with the grout that I'm using. Mm-hmm. To get the texture. And yeah, that was a lot of work. Was that your first kind of original structure? No, the first one was a perfume store. It's a room box. It has some sort of like a vintage vibe. Mm -hmm. And and the second one was the Alchemist Castle. I love that. Things uh, with the time machine. The third one was the Moroccan one, the, the patio. Mm -hmm. Fourth one is the, the wagon. Ah, uh, which is teal, right? My favorite color. Oh, I love that color so much. My grandma used to love that color too. And my mother loves it. Yeah. And this was the fifth one. Okay. So it took you a couple months to make. Because I was going to say, it looks like yeah. it's made out of stucco or grout. Right. I used cardboard, but then I had to cover everything from the inside, the outside, and the floors. And yeah, that was a lot of work. And I think hiding the wires was a real challenge. Well, one of my questions was when you when you do something organic, it has lots of smooth lines. Is that harder than doing it, you know, everything kind of parallel and straight? It is harder, yeah. Yes, it is, because you have to build the furniture to fit that too. Ah, yes, I would imagine that's hard. Yeah, it's like a puzzle. It's like building a puzzle, right? And um, and also when, when you make uh, windows that are not just straight, it's also kind of difficult to get the glass cut exactly how you need it to fit the curve. I think it's more complicated than just making a standard kind of room or house. Well, and you have so many windows in the organic one. Do you measure them all out? Oh, no. Anything that has to do with mathematics or, or uh, calculating or, or such, um, I'm avoiding. <laughs> <laughs> And you said you don't really go by scale. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's true. I, I invented my own scale. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it started because when, when I first built the room box, let's start with, I didn't know what a scale is. I had no clue. And I just wanted it to fit the space that I had, right? So I was like, yeah, okay, this is the space I have. This is how tall it's going to be or how wide. And then I was like, okay, if this is the size of the wall, then the, the cabinet should fit the wall in a certain way. So, I, I, you know, I started building it to look okay and didn't really measure the size it should be. 
So this is this is how I learned to work. So this is how I still work, <laughs> even though it's been almost uh, three years. Usually I start by like, this is the space I have, or this is the size I want to make the room. And then I build the furniture according to the size of the room that I have. And I've noticed you have a lot of just sort of frames of doors and exteriors. Do you start with the frame? Do you do those by scale? It's funny because I never do the same thing twice exactly because it's not like I have the size measured and, and I wrote it somewhere and every time I make a door, it's the same size. Every time I measure and uh, at some point I was like, why don't I just write down the measurements or make something that would make my life easier? I don't know why I keep doing it over and over again and start from scratch. So I just get the frame and then I measure the size of the wall according to the frame, which is the easy part. But then I have to think about the door, how wide it's going to be, how tall it's going to be, and the window. So I just keep inventing it every time. You really start with the frame or the space, and then you go accordingly. Oh, that's interesting. And why do you think you love doors so much? Because they're beautiful. (laughs) They are beautiful. I also love the doors. I sort of feel like there's something magical about a door because... Anything can be on the other side of a door, right? I mean, there's so many possibilities. That's what I love. I think perhaps I do know a little bit why. I remember my, my grandparents' house. They had those beautiful wooden doors. It was kind of orange and white, and they were something else. It wasn't something you usually see. It, it was kind of European style, I would say, and I just really love them. And I remember as a kid, I used to just open and close them all the time. (laughs) Perhaps it has something to do with my love to doors. I bet it does. I'm always fascinated (laughs) with how our early visual memories, you know, have such an impact on our taste later, later on. Yeah, true. And you do use orange a lot, (laughs) as well as turquoise. You said they were orange. Uh, Yeah. So I love colors. Oh, I love color too. I do. So you said some of your work is on exhibit right now. Where is it being exhibited? A local library. Oh, that's so cool. Do you ever go to see what people's reactions are when they look at it? When I'm around, then yeah, I go in. Sometimes I see people just stare at them with with kids. You know what I love? I love it when kids are like fascinated by it. it, it I love it. Yes, that is yeah. good. Now, you said you built a dollhouse for your daughter. Does she Oh yeah, I did. Does she play with it a lot? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it ended up being something she disliked because her friends like it so much every time they come over. But she doesn't like it that much. So she asked me to get rid of it at some <gasps> point. <laughs> no, don't do it, though. She may change your mind. But I don't want to, Sophia. Let's just play with it. And she was like, no, I don't want to play with it. How old is she? Six. Well, maybe she'll change your mind. That is hard. Yeah, so I'm (laughs) keeping it. (laughs) Now, one of the things you talked about is making money as an artist. And one of the things I find that's interesting you're doing is you have tutorials and workshops available on Patreon. Is that right? Right. Yes, that that's right. That's right. I I, I think I started in in, in October. I opened it uh, in October last year. Yeah, twenty two. 
I know many of my listeners have Etsy shops, you know, they go to shows and sell their work. And so I, I've seen more and more of these different services where you can record tutorials and people can right. subscribe. And so how do you find that experience? At first, it's it's difficult to get the, the, the people to subscribe, obviously, because it takes time to upload the content. Mm-hmm. To build it, to, to make the tutorials and to upload them or the step-by-step. I was very flattered when people registered, even though I had like just like, I don't know, five tutorials there and people still subscribe. Now when people subscribe, they get so much content. I have so many tutorials and step-by-step already there that I uploaded. So when people register now, I feel like, oh, yeah, I mean, I give them a lot for what they pay. But at first, it was kind of hard for me to feel okay with it. And so it's in a monthly subscription that people buy? Yes, it's a monthly subscription. There's, there are two options. One is, I think it's like $3 for just getting the step-by-step. The other option is uh, $6 to get all the tutorials too. Okay. And yeah. do you feel it's worth the money? For you? Uh, for me or for the subscribers? <laughs> well, it sounds like for the subscribers, it's a pretty good deal. I'm thinking about you. It's, it's worth it. It's only hard when, like, if I have a week that I'm not working for some reason, like, uh, I don't know, I have a family visit and I'm not going to make miniatures this week, then I have to prepare the content in advance and to upload that to keep everything going on. So sometimes I feel a bit, a bit stressed about that because I feel like I have to post all the time, which is not so true, but that's me. Right. I feel that way too about <laughs> about the podcast, about posting on Instagram. Right. So the tutorials, you said you never do things the same way over again. So that must make it true. hard sometimes to do the tutorials. I shoot it while I work. I take videos. And then I just explain along the video what, what I do. So it's kind of easy. It's not, it's not complicated to make the tutorials. It just takes time to edit everything and, you know. I do. So, I do know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you do know. <laughs> I don't do tutorials, but I, I do edit this podcast. And everything we do takes time, right? Absolutely. And now some exciting news from our sponsor. My friends at Miniatures.com are finishing up National Dollhouse Month with a bang. They are introducing their new and exclusive Barn Dominium kit. Like nothing else on the market today, this kit is the fusion of classic barn charm and modern design, wrapped into a quality-made kit that's easy to assemble. It features vaulted ceiling, sliding barn door, a loft, and custom windows. Be one of the first to get the Barn Dominium kit. Only at miniatures.com. I remember the, the first piece that really just captured my attention was your beautiful teal greenhouse. And you have this flowing yeah. curved bookcase. So the woodwork on that bookcase, that must have been so difficult. It looks like you just, you know, carved it to exactly fit in there. I did. Okay, it wasn't easy. But the most complicated thing was to, to build the roof of that greenhouse oh i bet that was a a, a challenge because it had to be strong enough to hold structure do not collapse right it mm-hmm. had to be strong enough to not collapse 
and it had to be very accurate because it has certain shape and it goes in a certain angle and everything needs to fit. So that was really, and everything needs to be exactly the same pattern and size. Uh, and, and it's all handmade, right? So I had to kind of cut them all <laughs> yes, one by one. <laughs> I was going to say there's so many pieces of that roof and they all have to fit together. You must have done a lot of measuring for that one. Yeah. <laughs> measuring is not my thing. <laughs> no, I, I, didn't, I did not. I just made one and uh, looked how it was. And then I was like, well, I think that's going to work. <laughs> and then you just traced that and made made more. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I usually just just take uh, like cardboard and cut one and then adjust it to fit the angle or, you know, just exactly to fit in place. And then once I know it fits, I make the real one. I know that you have some 3D printed things in your work. Yeah, I do. I do. I bought it, I think, uh, more than a year ago now. I, I only bought that because my husband knows how to do the 3D and I don't. I have no clue. So he helps me with that. Every time I need something, he designs that. And then I print and, and paint and all that thing. That's a lot of work, too, sometimes. Sometimes I just um, prefer doing it myself if I can instead of printing. But the small bottles that I have, I cannot make them myself. Not a chance. Oh, that's what you use it for. I can build the whole thing, but when it comes to those small bottles and jars and everything, then I print them and I need to paint them and add the labels sometimes. But yeah, those are great. Love them. My husband designed them. Oh, that's so cool. So what does he do that he's so good at doing that? He's a concept artist. Oh, wow. So you're both artists. Yeah. And what, what's a concept artist? Well, he works for the gaming industry. And when you build a game, uh, you need to design the characters. You need to design the environment. So he does characters. Oh, that's fascinating. Yes, that's, um, yeah. you know, that's one of those jobs that 50 years ago didn't exist, right? True. A lot of creativity in that. And sometimes I, I ask for his advice, you know, because he knows a lot. He knows a lot. And and it helps to have another opinion of someone who who knows about architecture as well and about design and colors and everything. So that's great to have him around. I'm sure he's happy to hear that. <laughs> so tell me about your personal style. What Does your house look like your miniatures? Mm, I think you can see that. Yes. I love colors, so I have different colors uh, for the walls. Not too crazy, but it's not white. I have a red sofa, a yellow armchair. I mean, like... (laughs) What color are your walls? I have uh, some sort of blue and yellow. I have even a red one. Perfect! It's kind of wild. (laughs) Oh, I I love color, too. I definitely feel there's a little Moroccan feel in some of your... I love that architecture. I, I've been to Turkey and I I love the, the mosques and the design and it's, it's, it's incredible. And all the tile work. Oh, wow. Yeah. So do you work on your miniatures every day? Every time I, I, I can. I'm like, yeah, basically I work every day from around nine until three with a coffee break. That's what I do. I work every day. Wow, that's a lot of time. No wonder you're able to make so much. (laughs) Yeah. Have you met other miniaturists? I did. I did meet a couple. 
And the three of us met a few months ago. Uh, we know each other through Instagram. And it was fascinating. It was so great to meet someone in person that makes uh, miniatures. Isn't it interesting how when you meet someone for miniatures, it's so easy to talk to them because <laughs> you have this thing in common, right? True. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you haven't been to any miniature shows or, or anything like that? Not yet. I hope I'll get the chance to to go to one or just to the museum in Chicago. I can't wait. Oh, if you go to Chicago, the art museum has the thorn Right, nodes. yeah. But then there's also at the Museum of Art and Science, there's this beautiful fairy castle I think you would love. I was inspired by that when I built my castle. <laughs> oh, the Colleen Moore fairy castle? You were inspired by that? Yes, I was very much. That's so interesting because I just saw it. Like, I know. Like a weekend ago. <laughs> I know, I saw it, and I was like, whoa, lucky her. We used to take the kids to Chicago when they were growing up a lot, and we'd go to that museum. They, I'd always take the boys into that room to see it. And recently, or maybe not so recently, I know they at some point they restored it. Oh, they did. I remember it was always dark, and you couldn't see it real well. And this time I came in, and it was light and bright. Wow. And it was just... Absolutely stunning. You know, you wonder if when you've seen something a while ago, you wonder if it's going to be as great as you remember. Mm. It was better. <laughs> wow. That's the best then. That's the best. It is. And it does. I do see the inspiration for your work. And it's all curves. Everything's a curve, you know? Yeah. In the fairy castle. But what I find interesting about that one is she was a silent movie star. Mm -hmm. And she started collecting. I think her dad gave her her first miniature dictionary when she was five. But she didn't really start doing this house till her divorce. It was a distraction. And since she was a Hollywood star, she had all these Hollywood artisans that did things for her. And the money. And the money. Oh, the money. <laughs> she has her mother's diamond in there. She has diamond and emerald and pearl chandeliers. Oh. She has priceless um, artifacts from Egypt that are being used as miniature statues. It's pretty incredible. None of that. Wow. I, I knew she hired so many designers, architectures, and, and miniaturists, of course, uh, to build it for her to be the dream house she she wanted. Uh, but wow, I didn't know about those details. That's that's fascinating. Yes, I was really drawn to it. I, you know, they have sort of a a recording where they talk about it, and I just went around over and over again until I could remember it all. <laughs> <laughs> what else is interesting about her work is each room, and there are many, twenty, I think. Yes, but it's each framed in some way, so they would almost yeah. work as individual room boxes. They are individual, you know. You can you can separate them. I didn't know that. They used to travel with that. The, she donated the money um, for children, and they used to to exhibit that in in different places. So you can take apart all the rooms and and build them back together again. So yeah, they are separated actually. That makes sense. I did know she toured them. That, that's what I know about that. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. So do you have anything thing that you want to make that you haven't? Any particular challenges? Mm, 
I'm not sure about them yet because usually it's an idea that I suddenly have and it goes like, whoa, wait, I know what I want to do next. So I usually try to avoid making the big ones because they're harder to sell and because it takes uh, space, obviously it takes longer, right. takes longer to make. But after making a few small ones, I just can't resist and I usually have a big one. A more challenging one. And this is when I learn a new skill or try to experience new techniques. And yeah, so every now and then I just have to get out of the comfort zone and, and try something else. That's interesting. So for you, it's not so much like I want to learn how to do this. It's that you get a vision and then you have to learn how to create that vision. Exactly. That makes sense. I think I'm more like that too. So what does your daughter think about your miniature work? Um, she used to get a bit more excited about that, but now she's kind of used to it. <laughs> so every time I make something, she goes like, yeah, I know. I saw that already. <laughs> and I usually was like, no, that's new. I made that today. But she, she really likes the ones uh, that has like the, the witches kind of vibe. Every time I make something like that, she goes crazy and she starts explaining about the potions and about the witch who lives there and how she has a cat and the crow. And, you know, she starts making all those stories. I love that. She's a storyteller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My first child, who now works in the entertainment industry making movie trailers, just from a very young age, he would take little characters, little peg people and... He would just be on the steps, you know, making little stories. Wow, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, so it was, it's funny how early those those traits and those loves um, show up where my younger one um, is a builder. And from a very early age, he would build things. And he would also try to figure out how things operated. Oh. And that mm -hmm. wasn't always good. I remember he must have been under one because he started walking it like 10 or 11 months. And so I would, he was crawling and I would put him in this room with a baby gate and I'd be in there too. But whenever I went in and out, he would crawl over and watch my hands on the lock. Oh. And he was trying to figure out how to do it. That's smart. My husband didn't believe me at first until he watched it. Wow. You want your kids to learn things, but I didn't want him to learn that, so I'd always cover up my hands. <laughs> I bet you didn't. <laughs> so do you feel your daughter is crafty like you? Yeah, she is. She really enjoys that. She likes making bracelets. She loves it when we build stuff with her. From, I think she got it from both of us. But you know what? I'm, I'm not going to force her to do anything. I'm not going to try to make her an artist or whatever. She's going to be whatever she wants to be. and if she decides to be an artist i'll support you know in any way i can it's not always an easy lifestyle to choose I, i'm not sure lifestyle is the word but it's not easy to be an artist you know it's a lot of struggle it is hard to be an artist i would agree i would agree i mean that was one thing um drew has found a steady job in entertainment but that's one thing we already when he was interested in writing and acting those are some of the things we talked about mm -hmm. where our youngest one was interested in building things and we're like engineering is great you can be creative and you can make money <laughs> yeah yeah in some ways it's a it's a straighter path true yeah like being a concept artist and you know my husband started with oil, oil paintings but it's much harder to try to exhibit and, you know, to sell your work. It's much easier to get paid 
um, to to create for others, but to create, you know, if this is what you like, drawing. So yeah, that that's kind of a compromise, but you still get to do what you like. So what would you tell a beginning miniaturist? What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, experience, right? Don't be afraid to try new new things that you're not familiar with. Also, watch other people's uh, work because this is how you learn. Even if you don't know how they made that, it would give you an idea of something you haven't thought of and will open your mind to different things. That's the first thing I, I have to say. But the second is find what you love best and explore that even more. And try to be very good at that, because if you want to make a living out of it, then you would want to sell. And selling what you're the best of is is easier, right? I mean, like making many doors made me very good at doors. So obviously, I make them much faster now. It's better for me because I still sell it at a certain price that I sold it before, but it takes me less time and they look better. (laughs) I'm sure your 30th door (laughs) was easier to make than your first one. Yeah. So, I mean, like, just keep doing the same thing and and find what what it is that you like and people like that you do. Because you cannot just do what you like and expect others to to like it. It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you do have to compromise a little bit. That's good advice. (laughs) Well, Tamar, it's been great talking to you. And I really love your work. We'll put up some pictures when we do this podcast so people can see your beautiful flowing designs. You know, when I look at it, I just love how unique it is that you do a variety of of things, but still I can somehow always tell it's you. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) I think that's part of really being an artist is that you can always see that point of view. Wow, that thank you. You're welcome. Well, thanks again for sharing your inspiration and your advice. Thanks for having me. Have a good day and create something beautiful today. Thank you, Becky. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I loved talking to Tamar. If you enjoyed the interview, I hope you'll consider reviewing the podcast or giving it a shout-out on Instagram. My next podcast will be featuring Hannah Lemon, winner of Best in Miniature, Season 2. You may also know her as the Miniature Plant Lady because her plants are an Instagram sensation and tiny pieces of art in their own right. That podcast will drop Tuesday, December 5th. In the meantime, remember, there are no rules in your dollhouse except those you create for yourself. Goodbye.